0: will feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Today's edition of iPodcast AGCMO is part one of a two-part series featuring Dirk Elsperman, who is the AGC of America president for 2019-2020. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's special guest is Dirk Elsperman. Dirk is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for Tarleton Corporation and also has the distinct honor of serving as AGC of America's President for 2019 into 2020. So Dirk, thanks for being here today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Len. This is a neat opportunity.
0: Let's talk about how you got from Dirk as the young football player to Dirk, president of AGC of America and EVP and COO of Tarleton Corporation.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good story that I grew up in the business. We're we're a third-generation construction company. And uh, as a kid, my toys were... You know, a dirt pile in the backyard, Tonka trucks, and, and when I got a little bit older, we would get to stray a little bit further and be, build forts in the woods and, uh, you know, do all kinds of uh, construction-type related things. You know, grew up as a kid coming into the office and, and spending time with my dad and my grandfather, sometimes going to jobs, sometimes just bugging them while they were going through reports and, and all that kind of good stuff. but. Construction was something that I always wanted to do, and uh, once I got old enough, I entered the carpenter's apprenticeship program and would go to class uh, after the pre-apprenticeship program, uh, would work in the summers and then go to class during uh, my winter breaks while I was in college, and did that for three summers until the folks that I had lifeguarded with offered me a management position. So after doing that for a little bit, doing an internship while I was in college. I wanted to come back and work in Tarleton, but between my dad and I, we had a mutual agreement that, hey, only coming back on your own terms when you're ready to come back and work at Tarleton, and also after you've gone to work someplace else. And uh, that was really important, I think, for, for both of us.
0: It helps broaden your experience in the industry?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I worked in real estate finance, so not construction-related per se, but very important to the projects that we, that we work on. gave me a, a different perspective of some of the drivers of our industry. But it's also a, there's a big personal level of achievement that goes with having to go out and find a job, sell yourself, and you know, right out of high or out of college, that was that was kind of difficult. I graduated in 1988, and it wasn't uncommon that it was going to take several months to find a job. It's not like today where you have, mm-hmm. you know, could have three offers coming <laughs> out of out of college. Um, so I did that, and um, about 1991 was uh, looking to make a change, and uh, that's when I started working at Tarleton. And, you know, started just doing what basic project engineering work was, doing a little takeoff, just learning the day-to-day operations of a project. It was a, it was a lot different. I kind of knew what a job was like being a carpenter, didn't really know what it was like being a project engineer. And so you're starting to see some different levels of uh, of involvement on a project that you don't really get to see when you're not spending time in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then I got an assignment down at Anheuser Busch because they had this new scheduling software called Primavera. Hey, how about that? Uh, yeah, it was like we don't know what our, well, you know, we 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 had a scheduling software I think it was called Open Plan at the time, but you know this new software Anheuser Busch was requiring us to use. Nobody knew anything about, so they turned it over to me to figure out how. Uh, how to w- make it work and and I was a full-time scheduler on the project and that was really my first real project as a project engineer.
0: So you really had quite a a road through to see it from out bend and nails to the trailer to the office. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was it was, and I draw on that that field experience regularly. I mean, Len, you had it. Right, um right and it's uh it's one of those those things that i'm i'm very thankful that i had sometimes i wish i did more of it just because you know the types of projects that that tarleton does today i i got to see a little bit of each of them but uh most of my time was spent on the concrete side and not so much on on the uh, you know fine trim work uh did a couple of those projects and learned that I'm maybe better for the concrete
0: world. Well, being in a multi-generational company like this, I mean, being in construction is tough enough, but being in a family construction business sort of adds another layer of difficulty. I mean, there's a lot of transitional issues in any family business, but in construction with the cyclical nature, the extreme cycles makes it, I would guess adds another layer of difficulty to it.
1: Yeah, and when I started at Tarleton, I counted it up there were like 17 layers between me as a, as a first term apprentice and my dad up there. (laughs) If you start kind of thinking, okay, this, 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 and this, when I got to be an engineer, I jumped up a couple of those levels, but you start the cyclical nature is probably one of those things that you don't fully appreciate how difficult that is on the company and the, and the leaders of the company, because, you know, it's hard because you get to know everybody that you're working with, and and um, and when we don't have work, we're not necessarily keeping them on on staff all the time, or they're having to go find another another project to work on. And and uh, my first job was as a carpenter's apprentice was as we were coming out of a downturn, and you know there were guys that had been off work for twelve months. Yeah, it, I mean it was a pretty deep downturn, and it's like, man, how long were you off? How long were you off? And man, I did, you know, I, I I was insulated from that as a kid, but once you start getting into the business and seeing it, that can be a that can be a real challenge. And that's a
0: real barrier to entry, I think, for a lot of young people. It's it's hard work rewarding work but at the same time that cyclical nature seems to be something that comes back again and again as we try to get young folks involved.
1: Yeah that's one of the things that I spend a lot of time trying to remind folks on my with my AGC of America hat on is that we have this workforce issue it's something that we spend a lot of time talking about and it's a national issue that a lot of the solutions are on a local basis but one of the real challenges to it is the fact that we have the cyclical nature in our in our business and if we somehow had a reliable source of of work in front of us we could we could solve a lot of those problems if you know, everybody points to katera as the big disruptor disruptor and you can go google what katera does but basically as a as a vertically integrated construction company, they're able to, to make those investments because they've got a commitment of between 700 and $800 million a year are going to be spent with them on multifamily housing. Now, if we had a predictable income stream, what kind of decisions would we be able to make just on the personnel side of things? Right, right. You know, it, it's it's really hard to make a long term commitment to somebody when you know that you're you are uh, reinventing your company after yeah. every after every job you complete. As soon as you complete one, you got to move on to the next one.
0: So you're a big exercise guy, I know, and you're a big bicycle guy. So when you're out on your bike, or when you're sleeping at night, or you're laying there and you're thinking, "Man, oh man, here's my." issues here's my problems here's what I've got to tackle tomorrow what are those things
1: uh, oh they change I actually sleep pretty well I know you, you <laughs> sometimes ask this question you know what keeps you up at night maybe it's because I do try to spend some time on the bike or in the <laughs> pool or whatever but um, but the thing that like this week's issue is Tarleton's a 75 I and mean, round numbers not quite there yet but coming up on our 75th anniversary uh, we've done a whole lot of different projects over the years, tons of tons of different kinds of projects. We've learned a whole lot, and we've forgotten a whole lot. And now we're kind of going back and saying, boy, you know, remember when we used to do it this way? That was a pretty good way. For example, you know, we used to have paper copies of daily reports and productivity uh, reports and things along those mm-hmm. lines and now we don't and they don't necessarily get reviewed at, to the same level that they used to you know you think you know i used to get a stack of daily reports and i would thumb through each one see what's going on now i get them i get an email with the daily reports and i review them probably as fast as i can you know scroll through your finger exactly on the mouse right and And we we lost a little bit in there. And so uh, trying to rework some of those old processes that worked really well, but adapting them to today and the technology and the people and the
0: way we think today versus the way we thought. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal about the sequence that things are invented, that if somebody would say to you today, I can provide you with something that you can pay for things for, that has no security issues, that you can carry with you anywhere and will work anywhere, you'd say, hey, that's great. It's called cash. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) right. But it was invented earlier. Now everybody's all in love with the electronics stuff. And so the sequence has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. We're working
1: on our uh, reworking our operations manual. And we're actually going back to a manual that, we had uh in 1990 because it has all the right processes and the whys Got the it. hows are changing but sometimes we get so wrapped up in all the the cool things that you forget the whys so really
0: taking a second look at your operations is something that's really yeah, your, yeah your big yeah, thing.
1: yeah right and 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 you know what what works and we we all think differently, you know, you and I think differently than we did 20 years ago. Uh, We've got different tools that we can use, that we're using now that we didn't have 20 years ago. But some of those same things, uh, some of those same uh, uh, whys are, are still the same. And so how do you adapt them to the, to today?
0: That's all for part one with Dirk Elsperman. Dirk will return next week So be sure to come back and listen to part two of Dirk's conversation having to do with AGC of America. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.